the people of sake actually brought me into sake. Back in 1988, this place was actually in Ginza on the main drag. At first it was kind of soy sauce, it was miso. To the point where it actually changed my life. New Year's Day 1989. Uh, not just sake as a beverage, but all the culture and history. And... Hello there! Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Sake on Air, the world's podcast dedicated to expanding the dialogue around Japan's iconic beverages, sake, shochu, and awamori. I'm one of your regular hosts on the show, Chris Hughes, and this is the second part of our interview with Katsunari Sawada. I'm also joined by one of your other regular hosts, John Gordner. If you haven't done so already, we recommend you listen to part one before listening to this episode. Uh, but anyway, without further ado, make yourself comfy with your favorite beverage and enjoy the show. You effectively have a 360 degree um, you have 360 degree real estate to, to market the sake. You completely cover the can with lots of information. You know how to enjoy it, what type of food it goes with, what is the flavor profile, what ingredients are used, what is the story of the brewery? And when you think about the traditional glass bottle, you only have this one back label on the back. And, you know, breweries are always struggling with help from with their partners overseas to cram as much information as they possibly can into this tiny back label. And they, they have to follow all these regulations to make sure that the font size is a particular size. And they're very limited to actually how much information they could actually. I, I have experience trying to make back labels in, in the UK, and it was a, a nightmare. The, all the stuff that you want to put in there, but you you can't because you have to you have very little space to do that. So I think that is one of the biggest um, advantages of using the can of of designing the can in the way that you. It's a beautiful looking can, Thank you. Um, a beautiful yeah, looking nice, product. Yeah. It really is, and, and they are full of great information. I, I agree, Chris. It's there's uh, it's it's a great it's a great marketing format and you're really really good at marketing in general like your your branding is very modern i think you know um you're really embracing the digital digital technology the digital age can you tell yeah. us a bit more about that like uh, where where does that um is this experience that you you um gained when you were working for your previous company or well no because um because of starting the second business i have uh interview uh shops retailer a promoter or brewery companies and try to find out what the problem that 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 that, that make a list then i started like a small uh the small quantity air uh delivery services next is to reduce the kinds of something like that at the time uh japan uh, japan tax hmm? What I mean, national tax administration, maybe. Yes. Uh, anyway, they're gonna, you know, give us a sample or propose like label is very important for exporting, because a lot of Japanese sake label is only in Japanese, and then then even in Japanese cannot read it. So national tax agency uh, proposed to like layout English. Uh, like name and the tasting and da 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 in the small areas. I I actually I was actually in. Uh, I did the translation for the English version, oh, of that, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So before uh, revealing the project, I had we our company started to make multilingual label uh, the tools. So we have experienced it. Wow, it's so tough. If you do like a whole wrapping label, it's easy to do that. But if you do that, we have to thinking about the label features, like a 720 or 360, it's a different features. But when I see the, when I started Kant's research, they in Japan, they have a mainly two, like uh, the features one is like cylinder type the other one is like the same feature or 720 but why the reason to choose this cylinder type is or almost 100 percent we can design it so 
we choose it. The can gives you basically the whole of the can is design is is real estate for you to yes. put information. Um, the right yeah, when I saw that, we can make it some three hundred sixty degree right, and also we can do something on here on here on the top as well on the yeah yeah, yeah. and also like I cannot say some the name of the uh, the brewery company, but I visited and we have uh, keep discussing about the new uh the omiyage i mean the gift at some specific each areas two or three brewery company they're going to provide their own you know brand label put on it one two brewery uh a brewery company b brewery company c brewery company put on it design that areas you understand that so yeah so so Arasan is holding a cylindrical um box and uh basically he has three cans um on one on top of each other yes and also we can design whole design this box also so, the so, box so from the branding uh, perspective we can what we can do what we can promote brand element and what we want to deliver the information on each canvas. So it's so when we use the cans, there's so many, you know, like potential for deliver the information or communicate the as much as information as possible. Yeah, because we talked about the overseas market. Oh, you know, um, because you want to make Saki a global brand. So it, it seems only natural that we talk about the overseas market. But actually, your biggest market may actually be back here in Japan because, you know, we need to get more people drinking Saki here in Japan. <laughs> that's a, do you have an that's idea? A... Do, do you have a vision for long-term, what percent of your business will be domestic in Japan and what percent of your business will be export? Both, both. Because... Um... You know, since started Krawan uh, on January 31, we are not uh, uh, more strongly to promote the sake in the overseas market. You know why? Because of we need a lot of money. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I never so honest. <laughs> I understand. I understand. You know, a lot of uh, uh, user are looking for, but to promote, it's uh, we need a very you know the financial support. So, right. but uh, I'm saying I'm not forgetting the overseas market. I really, really introduced the Krama for the uh, overseas market, but right now we're focusing on the japan but especially the tourists from overseas the market from all the from the, uh, the foreign countries because they are come to japan by paying by themselves for air flight ticket and they are bring back the the sake by themselves mm-hmm. yeah so that holds a lot of potential yeah, that's so good we, there's always been this um reverse marketing strategy, right? Uh, market the sake in Japan when the people are visiting Japan and then they take that back w- with them to their home country. They tell their friends about it. They maybe go to their local restaurant and they say, hey, do you have this sake? I really like this sake. And then that builds the demand, that grows the demand in that particular country yeah. and grows the market for you. And yeah, and even just practically speaking, I mean, you can take home 12 different sake in a little can and the cans aren't going to break on the airplane. <laughs> no, this right. is massive. You know, and I I do, I, like a lot of people, I do, you know, experiences for tourists here in Tokyo. And I'm always asked at the end of these experiences, where can I buy the sake? Where, where, you know, if I was able to sell the sake there and then in the can, I mean, I think it would be an instant sale. It, it's a no brainer. Yeah. You stick it in their pocket. You know, yep, you don't yep. have to. It, 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 it's a. I think the format is absolutely fantastic. The, the, you know, when I when I first saw it, I mean, um, and I, not what I imagined. I imagined one cup, one cup sake. So 
and it, it's it's just so different from one cup sake it's it's, it's a a concept in and of itself mm. that is like nothing that we've ever had before in the sake industry i think yeah but that's not an over overstatement so yeah so uh i'm always thinking about what is our rule what should i do right now with our you know like a business resource so right now is uh you know if the 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 user uh, always the, the the user who is a lover is sucking this is not our target because they are going to 720 bottle or something like that sure 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 but uh, the user they are interested about sake but they don't stock the sake in the fridge or they want to always looking like a fresh sake but even small quantity that is our target and also they are looking for like a good uh, smart uh, gift related with the local area but they are looking for like a more new cool pro- gift is our target and also uh, the the visitor or like a tourist from overseas market they're always looking for like new products they you know like a, the, they are easy to talk to story this sake is you know coming from that area and that story or da 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 da, da. so uh, so far they are i think they are looking for the sake but the bottle is uh, frigible and the more a little bit weight and also uh, like a limited regulation for uh, you know like a custom on the each countries but this crowd is very light and then a many variety of uh, the sake tasting in one time. Like in Taiwan, they only have a five little in one time. Only only the five little, less than five little. To, to bring into the country, you mean? Yes, bringing into the Taiwan, in the, only the five little. If they buy 720, just two or three. The Krawan, 21. Or twenty five, so it's a, it's like a pioneer or mm. like a first like a player to get into the market. So Kravan has a rule or a mission to go to the new market and to enter to make them understand the sake variety and the sake good quality taste. And I think, like uh, so far, even in the good restaurant. Like uh, sommelier, they know the knowledge about the wine. So the sake is like not going to the fridge with minus five degree or da 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 da. This is not good conditions. But we we just argue about the the educations. But I think it's very long term and um, with a lot of money. But the cans is hundred percent UV cut. So it's more, you know, easy to keep the sake itself. So sake cans, it should be good quality in sake inside. It's very good, you know, like weapons or tools going to the yeah. new. You don't need an instruction manual to to go with it, to explain to the staff how to properly store the sake and look after it, which is actually really key. Yeah. Yes, All the education's right on the can. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. What you said led to three or four more questions, <laughs> Go ahead. but so, some of them are easy. Uh, I don't think there's any question that the format's a great format. And yeah, you guys are ahead of the curve. It's it's There's a very good chance that we won't see glass or paper anymore because cans are, are such a good format if they're utilized as well as Kura One is utilizing them. I think it's great. Uh, so I don't think your problem is ever going to be the package. It will never, ever be the package or the material. Um, but I do have a couple of questions. It's interesting to hear that you're actually focusing at initially on the domestic market. And I think that's smart because that'll generate revenue. It's cheaper to get going. You'll get a lot of experience. And we need to bolster domestic consumption anyway. Uh, but I have one simple question. Is Kuda One always only going to be available in sets? And the reason I ask that is if you look at Everywhere in Japan, everyone has got one cups or packs. And again, it may change from glass to cans, but I don't think that small formats are going anywhere. They're going to be here. There's always going to be 
small formats of sake in Japan, and that's great. But like, for example, if I go into the countryside of Japan, I might go to the the, the train station or the plane or the uh, airport, and there might be five or six different breweries with 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 small formats, right? So, oh, ina. <laughs> but I can buy them individually. I can buy one from this brewery, one from this brewery, one from this brewery. So my question is, is Kuda one always going to be available only in sets of many or three, four, five, six, twelve? Or will you also try to enter the small format one at a time market? Okay. Uh, the first question is is that initially we focusing on the domestic. Yes, but we are not stop to exporting activities because we contacted Jetro or we are really welcome to the uh, importer or promoter uh, living in the overseas market and they are interested about Chroma, we really, really welcome. So right now is UK, France, Spain, Dubai, Singapore, or more than 10 countries uh, promoter uh, contact to us. So we are really welcome. But just our limited business resources, like, 80% or 70% going to the domestic market to make a promotion. That sounds and, good. That sounds good. Yeah, that sounds like the right strategy. I think right. that's for that's now, good. anyway. For now. For now, yeah. The short term leading to the long term goal. Yeah. Yeah. But thanks to the Jetro, they are really, really good pro uh, program in this year. It's a Japan street, I think you know. So we uh, enter that, uh, the program and going to the uh, the possible overseas market. And we also just welcome. And also uh, we going to like a sales platform who are going to Japan's market or who are going to the overseas market, B2C or B2B. And we are uh, thinking to go to the Amazon. So they are a lot of uh, user uh, get the opportunity to know about the Crowan. So this is like good, uh, the first step. And then the John said, asked me about the uh, Caroline's only set or is able to send it to the one individual. Now this is uh, depend on uh, the our partner. Because ourselves, we are have an EC, e-commerce site, but we are uh, selling to the set only we are not selling to the one can only, because if we do that, we compete like our business partner who want to sell one cans, because so they're gonna decide the price themselves. See, that's the reason we are, we're gonna stop on purpose. That to me sounds like a smart decision because on one hand you look and there's such a huge market for small format, single serving stuff in Japan, but at the same time, you don't want to get in the way of your Kuramoto's normal business operation. So you're going to avoid that market and just stay in the sets, huh? That, that sounds to me strategically very well thought out and intelligent yeah. and good decision, I think. But some um, business partners will have the option to sell individually, right? Both is, yeah. Maybe the yeah. same products, yeah. So uh, right now, uh, in Japan, we have a lot of accelerator programs, like, uh, you know, a lot of huge company welcome to the uh, startup and then uh, they're gonna go into the co-business something so we all we have enter like a uh, uh, like a convenience store we have uh, enter like a supermarket uh, accelerator program so which means we are able to use their assets like shops or sales channels if we are accepted. So in that case, we just uh, give our current product going to that sales channel. If they are want to uh, the current for each individual, we said, go ahead, something like that. Interesting. The next question that arose when I was listening to you speak a couple minutes ago, was, um, for example, people will buy sets and take them home to various countries, or even domestically, of course, they can buy sets, right? But now you've got what? 12 Kuramoto and uh, 21 products, you said? Yeah, right now we have oh, a 21 wow. yeah. So, I mean, if I buy a 21 can set, 
I'm done. I've tasted everything you have. <laughs> you know what I mean? But the point is, uh, do you plan to introduce new Kuramoto or new products from the current Kuramoto? And I don't know how soon or how fast, if you do plan to do that, and I assume you do, maybe I'm wrong, but how soon or how fast? Because to me, one of the strongest points of what you're trying to do is you offer variety and that's great. But once everybody's had it, it's not variety anymore. <laughs> so it seems to me that endlessly you're going to have to add products and or brewers. And so I'd like, your th I'd like to hear, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Oh, thank you very much. Um, you know, right now we have uh, like a goal or target. It's like uh, we would like to uh, plant more than 2,000 products. No, 2,000 brands. Wow, that's really interesting. Uh, which means like uh, our target is like a 200 or 300 brewery companies. And then to each brewery company have a four or five like a representative uh, the brands from that uh, brewery and we're going to make like uh, a lot of you know cans and it's like a showcase and uh, each brewery company also want to sell or introduce the cans of their own brands and also we also introduce that one and then uh, we're going to use like a smartphone apps and ask to the user to use the smartphone apps and going to their comment, which one I like it, I like that, da 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 da. And then, in fact, back of the smartphone apps, they have an AI and we are recording, you know, like their data. And in the future, we just recommend which product you are looking for, the viewpoint from our, you know, database. So we, we want to, you know, like a record such of the database and uh, contact to the connect to the direct uh, connection, brewery companies and the consumers. So far, I wanted to make the huge variety of uh, the brands of the Crown Classic. So uh, we are not thinking of like a limited number of the uh, uh, variety of the Crown Classics. Yeah, there's only so many classics you can do, correct? Yep. And if you're looking for 2,000 products, <laughs> which is wild. <laughs> so, you know, right now in Japan, like uh, the, the brewery company by themselves doing uh, the filled into the cans by themselves. And the other company also do the same business which means they're going to buy the liquid sake from many, you know, like brewery companies and put it, put it into the uh, sake. Then everyone use same like equipment, but our goal is put more high level, which means we are able to do namazake or which are able to do doburoku. That equipment cannot do that. So we try to do our own factory and we're going to make a, like a factory line. Then we're going to make a, a, the schedule uh, uh, with discussion with each brewer company. And then they got squid sake. Truck is going to that brewer company, put into the tank. Going back to the brewer, come uh, our factory in the future, and the minus five degree, and they're going to the can without any air. So, uh, if you do that, I think or well, I believe, uh, even in the living, uh, the consumer or user in living in the overseas market, they can they are able to get really, really good quality of craft sake in local area. So does the equipment to bottle namazake and doboroku, does that equipment exist yet or do you have to no. design it? We design so you have it. to design it. Well, yeah. In fact, we have a blueprint already. Oh, cool. But maybe one idea, what if that equipment was portable? 
<laughs> and then you put it on a truck, you drive it to the brewery <laughs> and you do it right there. I don't know. Just a thought. Thank you very much. Right now, the equipment that we use or that brewery company use it is movable. That, oh, that's okay, cool. Like your idea. It's like a, you know, like a small uh, limited limited functions. Yeah, you get, you get scale gets too big, you'd have to do it differently. So in order to take your lineup into things like Doboroku, Namazake, you still you have to design the equipment now to do that, correct? And you're doing that, right? Yeah, we ask to the you know the specific, you know, like uh, the machine company. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. ask to propose to me, this is it possible or not? But they say possible. As a long-term investment, that's probably a good idea because if you're aiming for 2,000 products, you'll definitely get your return on investment <laughs> if you achieve. Yeah, once you go into the seasonal limited edition, yeah. yeah, absolutely. If you do that, uh, the machine the production capability is uh, one, one, like a set is like 400,000 cans in one month. Sounds like a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, obviously, you're thinking on that scale. Yeah, you want to conquer oh. all of Japan. I mean, you're going to need a lot more. You're going to need probably four times that, right? Yeah. Wow. Cool. Look, because this is like, you know, like a business, like, you know, what, what can I say? Difficulties. If like each brewer company prepare for that high quality uh, equipment, it's, mm -hmm. it's very difficult. Yeah, they'll never yeah. get the return yeah. on investment back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That we we just welcome to each brewer company welcome to your product we welcome to your product but we put into the cans it's a good quality they are very the brewer company is very very happy to do that and also we help to selling and we help to make a design help to the going to the marketing overseas market so it's just like like new like a business model in this industry I believe yeah and and with the glass bottle shortage. Being as it is right now, I mean, it's really, really, really um, ripe, a ripe uh, playing field, you know, to, to yeah. kind of to, to kind of do this. Because of the light, because of the same uh, quality of sake, we are uh, very interested to introduce the crown to like uh, uh, cruise, you know, cruise, like cruise ships. Like, Cruise oh ship. yeah, yeah, cruise ships. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's good. Yeah. Like uh, aircraft in in-flight service. In-flight, yeah. That's what I was thinking about earlier. That, that's a no-brainer, isn't it? In-flight, yeah. And also like uh, each uh, the tax-free uh, shop in each uh, airport. Yeah. Yeah, those would be good. And also Uber. Uber. U Uber. Uber. Uh, Uber for deliveries. Yeah. Not not while you're riding the Uber. <laughs> no, 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 like like Uber Eats, right? Like so you can you can. Uber, order no, that from... sounds like a new one. Uber drinks. Uber uh, yeah, Uber, Uber. No, Uber drinks. That would. Uh... Yeah. Look, in Japan, I I had the chance to talk to the the people in Jap the Uber Eats. Oh. Uh, lot, a lot of uh, all, uh, the visitor from overseas, uh, the, from the foreign countries. They are interested in sake, but it's a difficult to visit to sake store because they can't read it, but they are interested in it. So they ask to the sake order on the Uber Eats. Deliver to the hotel. Yeah. Or the airport where they can pick it up. Um, that's cool. I wanted to, we haven't really talked much about your background, um, really. And I, I wanted to kind of d dive a little bit into your background, uh, Sawada-san. Um, when did you fall in love? Have you always been a lover of sake? Uh, was there kind of a, a wow moment for you when you 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 tried sake and you fell in love with it? Tell, tell us a bit more about your story so far with sake. Like for 25 years, since turning to 20, because I'm a 50 right now, 51 or 50 right now, so for 25 years, since turning to 20 and then being legally allowed to drink alcohol in Japan, I have no interest about the sake. Yeah, in fact, I kept my distance 
from sake for three reasons. First, I didn't like the smell of alcohol. Second, I disliked the sight of people getting too drunk. And third is, I had never encountered any sake that I found truly enjoyable. Mm. But from the, uh, you know, you know, from the age of the 17, I had opportunity to travel a lot, studying Tokyo, Philippines, and Netherlands. And I visited over 30 countries, more than 30 countries for work. And after getting marriage, I had, I, I become a house husband and I lived in Canada, Montreal, Montreal in Canada and Guangzhou in China. And due to the success of publishing the book in the branding and Amazon ranking number one, I started IDT in Japan and branding services in 2008. But, you know, I really love like a Japanese local area. I, I really like like, you know, that story about uh, mysterious and philosophical differences in these areas. What is the best product to introduce such of, you know, differences of philosophically and mysterious? I found the sake. So I started the sake. So I'm not sake lover first, but right now, I found it a lot of, you know, the beautiful and then the, the amazing sake. But you said the uh, surprising sake, one example is Mizbasho Pure uh, by Nagai Sake Brewery in Gumma Prefecture. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Which is like uh, the second fermentation, the sake in the bottle. Encountered in fact 2008. I'm at the time I'm trying to find a good gift for my friends who are interested about the sake. So I really, really in, would like to introduce the uh, this Mizbasho Pure. And also another surprising was uh I think you know Yokoyama Jinmai Ginjo. Yes, yes, 1814 by Omoya Sake Brewery in Nagasaki Prefecture, which is a, which had a lychee aroma. It's amazing. And third was Kisaki 2850 by Yoshinotomo Sake Brewery in Toyama Prefecture, where I was amazed by how different, you know, pollution ratio, only 28% and 50%. So all of sake is gimme amazing experiences. So right now, I love to find out such a, uh, um, you know, like a big shock giving the sake. So, and I, I can kind of relate to your your story a little bit. So you basically fell in love with the stories of yes. the sake and how that kind of is intertwined with the, the local regions where they're uh, crafted. Yep. Yeah. And so we, I want to ask you a bit about the evolution of Kura One. Where did the idea come from? Was it a spark? Uh, like just, you know, suddenly you have the idea or did it evolve over a period of time? What was the kind of original idea and where did that come from? Yeah. Starting the sake business in our ID10 Japan, uh, the first phase is telling to the story. Second is to deliver uh, from a single bottle to uh, more than uh, 50 or 100 countries so far. But after that, I come to realize that I need our own brands in small quantity something. So not only deliver service, but we need our own brands. Uh, February 20. Second in 2021, I I remember that. Then I started to the Krawan, but at that time, I focusing on small bottle, small bottle of the, you know glasses. Right. But the 2021 April, 
the people in the from Jedron living in the Los Angeles introduced me about the cans. Is it good for a good container? And I shocked. Wow, it's amazing. But I have an image about cheap. Looks like old. I don't like that. But since started the research about cans, it's amazing. Amazing container. But if we there are some image about cheap or old or something, we can use our branding approach to change such of the positions of Kant's itself into new revolutionary products. So I decided to start the under uh, started Kant's sake under the Crown brand. Do you think? Like the image, the aesthetics of the different container options that are available, other than the glass bottle. Do you think that's what's been holding this innovation back in the sake industry? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, uh, uh, you know, there are many like uh, alternative container. It's like pouchy or a can, a small bottle, or any other things. But uh, some of them is the the taste is not good. The other one is not good, not not good or bad smell of the sake. Even is easy to deliver. So my criteria is to uh, the sake quality is keep. It's a minimum or most you know important criteria. Second is you know design itself. I can, we are able to uh, the, the make a design, whole canvas as much as possible. So among that reason, we choose cans and this, you know, cylinder type. Yeah, I think that's a really important point because like the, the about what you were saying about maintaining the quality of the sake, because um, actually there are other containers that are being tried out. Um, for example, the sake in the bag, um, that sake in the bag is something which some breweries are looking into. Mm-hmm. And so far from my experience, being in various meetings with some breweries looking into this option, the biggest kind of draw, the, the biggest reason for not adopting this container is that it just imparts a really kind of unpleasant smell and taste to the sake. And I think that's a, the, a, probably the reason why a lot of these containers have not been adopted um, up until now. There is something about the glass bottle, which is just, Pure. It doesn't affect the contents within the bottle. And yeah, it's great that, you know, aluminum cans are the same. So they don't impart any, you know, unpleasant smells. Or I remember I asked you this. I think, um, didn't you do um, a trial, uh, an experiment with Nambu Bijin, um, where you, you asked him to try the sake from the can and then try the sake from the glass bottle? And to tell you if there was any difference between the the taste, the quality between the two. Yeah. Even in Japan, they have the same conditions of 720 bottles, which is minus five degree. And the other one, the other can is a room temperature in four or five months, four or five months. And third uh, can is uh, into the car under the 30 or 40 degree in the barbecue area. <laughs> But this is like the crash dummy test of Kura One. <laughs> but as <laughs> said, of course, number one, which is the same conditions if the bottle of sake is uh, amazing. It's the same of the conditions. A second, the room con- room temperature uh, keeping is wow. It's like more mild. It's good. It said this is not good. Any other sake is not good. And the third is like a barbecue conditions. Sake. He said, wow, it's amazing. It's more mild. It's amazing. And uh, I asked to my sake friends around in Tokyo and give this uh, barbecue uh, conditioned sake and the other things. More than half love the barbecue conditioned sake. I don't know why. But I think this is much more mild. Well, that that's a huge market there because 
you know, the amount of times I've been going to a barbecue in, in the summer or something, and I've wanted to take sake with me. And I know that if I don't have any way to keep it cool, it's going to really ruin the, the sake by the time I get to the barbecue. To have, you know, a container, that uh, uh, to be able to buy sake in a format that will actually get better <laughs> during the, on the journey to the barbecue is just, yeah, there, there's definitely a market for that. Yeah, put it into the river. It's easy to cold and going yeah. to good water. It's easy. So yeah. it's yeah, a you can chill it down or heat it up really quickly. Now that I think about it, that's cool. Yeah, you can. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask, um, was that test, was that a blind test mm -hmm. or was it open? Uh, open, open. Okay. But even so the, the okay. results are very encouraging. Yep. But some of my sake friends say doing a blind test. But even so, well, all of them, they love it. But of course, each job is unique, you know, like uh, the uh, characteristic. It's more sharp, more mild, or more easy to drink or something like that. But yeah. not like, you know, damage or something like that. Yeah, not, nothing negative, particularly mm -hmm. unpleasant. And you know, I mean, Kuji-san from Namba Vision. If it wasn't good, if you know, if it tasted different in a negative way, he would tell you. He wouldn't. He wouldn't hold back. He said, "Yeah, we, we, have, we have a report. Yeah. So it's a quite helpful for how yeah. damage of the temperature to the current. Yeah. Cool. Actually, can I go off on a tangent? Different topic. So, if you look at this, yes, there's a big chunk of the country in the middle from which you have no products. <laughs> I mean everything between um everything between Ma Shizuoka and Gifu. Right? If you draw a line there, and then you don't really have anything until Tohoku. Is there any particular reason that you don't seem to have anything from the, the greater Kanto area? I just noticed that there's this big empty circle in the middle of the map from which you have no products. Is there any reason for that or just <laughs> tamatama, just coincidentally? Uh, it's the next time. <laughs> the next time. Uh, let me show you. Wait. Among 21 brands, we have uh, six stories. One is, uh, story one is, please enjoy the uh, difference of sake rice. Because uh, the first, the first step is not enjoy this sake. No. First, do you know the sake ingredients is rice, rice, koji, and water. Even the diff only the difference of sake rice, sake taste is totally different. So this set is uh, rice polishing ratio is same, brewery company same, water is same, without uh, sake rice. Can you believe it? Please enjoy this brewery, uh, this brand. This is like a Yamada Nishiki, a Miyama Nishiki, and uh, what else? Uh, Homare Fuji and Miyama Nishiki, something like that. So this is like a story one. Story two, do you know sake is diluted? But we call it Genshu. Genshu is not put into the water. So this is like a Genshu series. So these are like basically um, compar comparison sets where you can compare different sake. And the only difference between them is one one thing. So one yeah. thing is, yeah. So I make a six story first. In, the, in one story, they gonna we're going to choose three or four, uh, four brands. So... You know, the reason to choose the uh, brewery or brand is coming the with this criteria, these six stories. So the, the stories came first, and then you were looking for breweries to basically slot into these different criteria. Okay, and that's why you chose the breweries that you chose. Okay. So, and then uh, I think you watched, or I hope you watched already our YouTube channel, so-called uh, Kravan trip. So I visited with our film team 
and then visited to the that area to take a shooting and that area and with the brewery companies. So we try to introduce not only that story, but also the the the, the area uh, or a picture of each brewery companies. Like tourist destinations and, and yeah. So that ties into the tourism. Yes. Yeah, but it also just kind of shows how sake is connected to region. Absolutely. Uh, food, fudo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, fudo. Yeah. Uh, just uh, everything about Topog the particular region. Topography, yeah, right? I like that. That's yeah. cool. I think that's an important aspect of sake to continue to promote. So that's cool. Absolutely. Mm. I agree 100%. It's part of the the overarching theme of, of the, the story of sake, I think. So, can you give us uh, at least one more example of these sets? For example, you have uh, the sake rice and then genshu. Do you have any? Can you give us one more example? Yes. Yeah. In fact, let's tell tell all of them, and we can. Yeah, either, we I'd can like to hear all six. <laughs> this is the like you know, uh, difference of sake rice, right? Right. It's, uh, by. and then story two is genshu. This is like a Senpuku, Hiroshima, Kajo Kotobuki in Yamagata, and uh, Nana Kamba in Shimane Prefecture. Third is like aroma of banana or ripe uh, apples. So it's like coming from Chiyomusubi or Zao, and uh, Hyakushu yeah. in Kifu. Four is Flower East. It's like uh, marigold or apple or strawberry or something like that from uh, Amabuki Shudo. And then a lot of sake lovers heard about sake is dry. But in the dry sake, there are so many varieties of dry, like more mild. Good for meat, more, you know, like smooth drive. So I can choose four dry sake from Tohoku or Nara or Tottori uh, or something like that. And six is champion sake from IWC. So Nambijin, Katsuyama, and Ama, uh, Yamabuki, which is like uh, aging sake. So each time I would like to make such a, you know, like category or like a concept for uh, like a starter who do not understand sake, but interested in the sake. So how to make value on each sake is to need such a first step, you know, like a gimmick or first step story. So I want to make such of the story first, then brand each brand then introduce about that area yeah because there can be a lot to take in when you're first like trying to discover sake and, and then to have it kind of broken down into themes or topics can be a great way to um make that discovery just a little bit easier yeah because i myself like or love to to learn such a you know, like a unique of Japanese sake. Yeah, those and are it's all actually very quite. Sets. Yeah, it's actually quite difficult. If you, you know, if you wanted to make a similar kind of set, it's actually very difficult. Like if you wanted to get a load of flower yeast breweries together to actually kind of go out and, and find them, yeah. it's not even not an easy not an easy task. So to have these sets available um, is great from an educational standpoint. Um, yeah. Thank you uh, very much, Sawada-san. Maybe just uh, finally to, to wrap up, and, unless, John, unless you have any... Um, no, I'm pretty no. asked out. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we've covered a lot. And I'd maybe just to finish, kind of, um, if you have a message for people listening um, about Kura One or, uh, you know, any pro anything you have planned for the future that you want to talk about, well, thank you very much for our, you know, the discussing about the Karawan 
the in the caravan future and then uh, i want to visit our caravan instagram or uh, instagram and which is like a caravan sake and also my facebook instagram threads which is a katsunari sabada so there i i will give or i will share what I'm thinking about how to promote or how to build the Kravan brand. So I hope you come to our Kravan and my SNS and then to read and share that. Thank you very much. Yeah, so we'll um, we'll share links to um, the Kravan social media and Sawada-san's personal social media so you can get in touch or go and find out more about what he's doing. Um, and uh, I think... There might be some you you might occasionally do some promotions on your social media, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. So be sure to check those out. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you so much for making the time to uh, sit down and and this very have this very fascinating uh, discussion with us, Sawada-san. Um, yeah, it's yeah it was really, great. Really, it was very very interesting. Thank you very much. Very insightful. Yeah. Thank you. Good luck, Sawada-san. You've got some challenges, yeah, but you've got some great potential as well. So I hope everything works out really well for you and you continue to grow and that all your goals are met and then exceeded. Thank you very much. So next time we, when we meet, just to share with the crowd one. And I that sounds explain, great. Let's do I will, that. I will, yeah, I will explain that. Go, maybe go through your six uh, tasting sets. Sounds like a <laughs> good proposition. So, cool. uh, yeah, a really insightful. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, John. My pleasure, my pleasure. Thanks for hosting it, Chris. Appreciate it very much. Pleasure as always. Very nice to uh, sit down with you and uh, with you coming to Japan uh, to live. Uh, We should be able to do more of these. Sounds good. Awesome. So that will do it for this episode of Saki on Air. Thank you very much, John. Thank you very much, Sawada-san. Very much my pleasure. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for uh, everyone listening. And uh, please take a moment to review and rate us on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you may be enjoying the show on. And feel free to send your questions and comments to questions at sakeonair.com or at sakeonair on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'll be back with more Sake on Air in just a uh, week or two's time. Until then, with whatever beverage you have, kampai. Bye. Bye. Sake on Air is made possible with the generous support of the Japan Sake and Shochu Makers Association and is broadcast from the Japan Sake and Shochu Information Center in Tokyo. The show is a co-production between Export Japan and Pots K Productions with editing and sound production by the wonderful magician that is Frank Walton.